everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 22. We're in a conversation series called Leaders in the Living Room. This series is all about helping followers of Jesus to glean wisdom from Christian leaders from around the country on how to lead in their homes and their workspaces during a season like the one we're in with the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, Senior Pastor Scott Longyear joins the episode to share wisdom and insight from his living room perspective. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. I am super excited for today's episode as we are continuing our series called Leaders in the Living Room. And today's guest is uh, one of my favorite leaders in the church, uh, pastor of a large organization called Maryland Community Church, senior pastor. Let me get that right. He is Scott Longyear. Scott Longyear, say hi to the podcast for us. Hey, excited to be here with you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, Pastor Longyear is somebody I have a, uh, just a great appreciation for. He is a man of his word. He is a humble uh, leader, uh, vulnerable when he needs to be, but just uh, strong, courageous, and uh, probably one of the best goatees on that side of the Mississippi. So, And he ages super well. You wouldn't know it if you know his age. You'd think he was lying. That's what I said. But, uh, he's really old. He's really old. <laughs> <laughs> he's so old. <laughs> he, he, he may be um, older than me, but he looks like a young man, and he's playing a young man's game. So, uh, Pastor Scott, thanks for joining today. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Hey, well, sure. Uh, thanks, Michael. It's just a, a privilege to be on. You know, I, I love watching you and watch what you continue to do as you uh, just just innovate and are so entrepreneurial and, and doing everything you can to get the the message out. So, yeah, I'm just a uh, I'm a guy. You know, the church answer is you know I'm first and first and foremost a follower of Jesus, but um, I really try to make it in my life not the church answer, but that really is the is the thing and and work every day at, at the hard work of, of trying to to make sure that my identity is that I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm a son. I'm a son of our creator. Um, I'm also a husband to a beautiful wife, uh, a dad to two girls who are now married. So I have uh, two biological girls, a one that I'll claim as a unofficially adopted daughter, a third one. And then I have uh, two son-in-laws that I'm calling, calling my boys. And so my life is, is yeah. rich with relationships in there. Um, I have the privilege of serving Maryland Community Church, which side note is nowhere near the uh, state of Maryland. Uh, I was doing a, a podcast once and a guy's like, so, hey, bro, what's happening in Maryland? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like I'm in Indiana, <laughs> miles away. So, right, right. Right. So dumb name for a church. But uh, church itself is uh, 95 plus years old, was started in a subdivision called Maryland. And so very well branded, as you know, in uh, in the region here. But I have the privilege of actually serving. I've been here for 26 years, my 26th year on staff. Um, but this is the church uh, that I grew up in. So I have this, I think, really this sacred privilege of serving uh, the church that actually had the biggest spiritual impact on me. So my mom uh, yeah. mom brought me here. I came to this church when I was you know, in diapers, and they may take me out in diapers. I don't know how that's, that's going to work, but I'm able to serve with a great team of people. Um, I get to be uh, the mouthpiece and the visionary and and teacher, and also find uh, I create a lot of content, you know, outside of the church. Um, 
uh, to a lot of worship leaders. I work with the Experience Conference, which is a great yeah. conference. It happens once a year. I work with uh, worship leader probs and able to occasionally co-host a, a podcast with them and then create a lot of content like a uh, I've got a communications course and written some books and um, just just some different tools, all designed because my whole entire mission is to help people take a step closer to Christ. And so before they uh, before they uh, throw me in the ground, man, my my great desire is that I'll just see millions of people take a step closer. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I'll say to the day I take my last breath is, you know, one of the things I love about you, Scott, is that you're a man of who you say you are. Uh, it, it, it plays out not just in public, but also in private. You know, I got the privilege of serving with you and serving under your leadership uh, for a season. And I got to watch personally how you lead and how you follow, you know, which is huge and how you care. You know, there was a season during that time that we were there that uh, my wife and I went to a very, very difficult season in our marriage. And instead of Marilyn and you uh, throwing us to the side and and uh, casting us away, you actually jumped in the mess with us and helped us uh, heal and get better. And then you 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 uh, commissioned us off uh, to our adventure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I will always always have a special place for MCC, the staff, Marilyn Community Church, and Scott Longyear uh, for Eric and I. So I, we really appreciate uh, just who you are as a man and as a follower of Christ. So. Well, I appreciate that. It's exciting to see, um, see you're, you know, you doing well and your pursuit continuing on. And, um, yeah, I just, this is probably a whole nother podcast. I've just, you know, I've watched the church just, <laughs> just, just beat people up who are already beat up, you know, and, and, and we want to do all that we can to help people take a step closer to Christ. That's what it, that's what it's right. all about, man. Absolutely. And what's interesting is, you know, as you guys do that, as you guys help people take steps closer to Christ, what, crazy season did we just walk into where you're trying to do that as well right the pandemic racial tensions political murder hornets you know flesh-eating bacteria it's like i mean just every day is i'm right I, I, I saw a meme i saw a meme uh back in the summer it you know it said you know june 2020 it had all the murder hornets in it it had a picture it had July and had a picture of aliens and it said, Oh gosh, we're nervous. Cause like, you know, the aliens are coming in July. Cause that's what 2020 has been. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> but we've been walking through this crazy season and as a leader and a pastor in an organization, you've had to lead your living rooms. So your home and your workplaces, why don't you tell us how's it been leading your home and then how's it been leading your church? Jeez, I don't know, Michael. Just the, the the way that you and uh, you know a ton of Christian leaders, you know, we're we're kind of making this up as we go along, day by day, because there's there's no playbook on this. Nobody ever expected this. In years of training, we never got this, uh, and so I, I think um, you know we've experienced a lot of decision fatigue, especially early on. We're trying to make decisions on limited data, data and then that data changes thirty minutes after we've already made a plan, and like it just wears you out because you know as a leader you want to make the right decision, uh, and it's it's just hard to know what that is. And so, you know, for us, when you ask the question about how leading family and leading church, um, leading family has been it's been good. Um, and I don't know whether to give this from the perspective of coming through the pandemic, or I don't even know if we're at the mm. end of it or with the beginning of it or right. halfway through. But um, <laughs> for us, it was a bit of a challenge. It was sweet that we were home, we were on lockdown and all that. And so, you know, our relationships were better. There were some moments, honestly, where it's like, is anybody in this house going to work outside of these doors? Because you need <laughs> to go do something. 
you know, and I know they were sick of me. Like I moved in my home office like full time and we're zooming and everything there. And, you know, one of the one of kind of the casualties of that was, you know, you know me, I'm big about long term ministry and marathon, not sprint. And one way that I've been able to navigate uh, 30 plus years of ministry is to I, I draw a line, as you know, being on staff, we draw a line between our work and our home. I realize that bleeds over. Right. Um, but in the relationship uh, with Steph and I, my wife, you know, I, I don't bring everything home to her and tell her everything. They're just some, some burdens in leadership that she's, it's not fair for her to bear. And so right. when I moved work home, those line, lines were kind of blurred, you know, so it just right. got a little bit tricky, not tension filled, but, but tricky. And, you know, when it came to, to leading the church, uh, I was trying, I was on the front end of this and like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. There's this pressure of now all my staff is offsite. We're moving an entire large organization to virtual. Are people still going to give? That was in every leader's mind. Um, right. If they don't, right. what's that going to mean? How are we going to, you know, pivot, which I'm sick of hearing that word. So all oh the, stuff, and like, there's so many things that I didn't know that I, I made the decision early on. I'm like, okay, here's what I'm going to do to get, I didn't want to just get through it. I wanted to thrive through it. I'm not sure that I have, but mm. I made a decision early on and said, first of all, two decisions. One, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm deeply, deeply connected to Jesus even more than I am. And I would think, I, I would say that my relationship with the Lord is is very, very solid. And even going into pandemic, like my spiritual dif- disciplines are in place, like I'm listening into him, but I felt like I needed to drive even more. So I built out a, uh, a little prayer room in a, in a small really closet in our house and was making sure, man, every morning I'm spending time in there with the Lord. Being home gave me a little bit of an extended time because I didn't have to leave and drive to work. And so I've tried to maintain that as much as I can. And the reason that I did that, one, is I just want to be closer to Jesus. But two, I kind of knew that coming into these seasons that the voices would be so loud and the opinion would be so strong that I wanted to make sure that I was hearing the voice and the opinion of the Lord above every other voice. Uh, Super easy to say, hard to do. And I don't know that I've succeeded on that on every level, but... But I really want to do that. So I want to keep my spiritual disciplines up. And then secondly, I wanted to stay connected to the people that were around me. That was my family. That was natural because we weren't leaving the house much. Um, but I also want to take connect, take, stay connected to my staff. And, and I have a large staff. And so, um, you know, normally in normal days, I would work with my executive pastor who would then, you know, flow charts out to everybody else. And we have good relationships. But I just kind of flattened that. And it was like, I want to stay connected. So I'm down now in, in lower level meetings. I'm coming in where we're all together. And then I even made a list yeah. of every one of my staff and I called them all during the pandemic and was just like, I'm not calling you as, as your senior pastor wanting uh, you to do something. I want you to tell me how you are doing. How's right. your family? Yeah. How's your mental state? How is, how's your finances? What can I do? Cause I wanted to make sure that we stayed, we stayed connected. And so, man, <sighs> I don't know. I honestly, Michael, some days, like, I don't know if we've won or lost in this thing. I mean, I think we've done well, but I do know at the end of the day that I've stayed connected to Jesus and I've stayed connected to our staff. And, you know, maybe, maybe some days that's just, <laughs> just good enough, you know? I And I agree. I, I don't know if we'll, we can't gauge the metrics today. You know, good, yeah. what, somebody said, one of the leaders said to me, Aaron Brockett said, said, the dashboard changed quickly, yeah. right? For us leaders, the dashboard changed. What we were looking at that determined success, that determined uh, that we were doing well, it completely changed. And so the things that we measured no longer became 
what we measured. Right. And so I think on the other side of heaven is when we'll see the dashboard again. We'll see, okay, we led well during this season. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it at the time, but man, look at the people that yeah. came to know Jesus because we were willing to make the hard decision, the right decision, and the 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 best decision at that time. Yeah. Which which leads me to your book. Like what a decision that was to write it because you had no idea the pan- but the, the pandemic was coming. You had no idea that all the craziness of 2020 <laughs> were going to happen. And yet you listened to the Holy Spirit to and and ended up writing a book called uh, Ditch Your Thinking, Freedom from Anxiety, Fear, Worry and More. And I'm not saying this cuz I know you, but man, this book comes at a no better time than the season we're in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the inspiration uh, and backstory behind this book? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I had, had no idea, you know, and and, and honestly, um, I quit writing the book about 14 times and the Lord's like, you you know, just keep doing it, keep doing it. We even got to the, to the end and I'm like, um, so I don't know how this is going to get published. And uh, the Lord, it, that's, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, uh, probably started a year, year and a half ago. And part of it is, is my, is my personal journey or is it, it comes from my personal journey. I've struggled with, uh, uh anxiety and fear and worry, uh, maybe mild depression, you know, most of my, most of my life. And, um, you know, you just got to navigate that as a leader. And, um, uh, I'm on a, I'm on a plane talking to a friend of mine and he's like, Scott, everybody's in a rut, man. Everybody's in a ditch. Everybody has this stuff. And they just kind of got some, some of the wheels turning. And so, yeah, the, the book's called Ditch Your Thinking, and it's all based off the premise of Romans chapter 12, where Paul says that we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. Who doesn't want to be transformed? Right. But he says, mm-hmm. here's how you're transformed. It's your mind. Like the way you think will, will determine so much of your life, so much of your life. And so what mm-hmm. we find is even uh, um, uh, there's a scientific study that says if we will pray for... Um, for 12 minutes a day for eight weeks, if we'll pray 12 minutes a day for eight weeks, that the changes that happen on our, on our brain are noticeable on a brain scan. So, wow. you know, Michael, it's, wow. it's like the Bible is actually true, you know? It's like, <laughs> and so, uh, so what we do, so the ditch method is, uh, you know, growing up as kids, we're like ditch Scott or ditch Michael or whatever, you'd run away from them, right? So we're going to ditch our thinking right. in that we're going to change our thinking. And so D-I-T-C-H just all stands for something different. So if you're laying in bed at night and you're, you're, uh, minds just starts churning. And I do this all the time. I'm like, I, you know, there's so much anxiety, even that came from writing the book and releasing it. I'm like, okay, I need to run this system out. And what it does is mm. it's going to take, it's going to take some of our thoughts and are going to help, help to capture those, put those under the authority of Christ. Cause this is not about uh new age thinking, or we just, you know, think it. And if you believe it, it is, it is about placing our mind under the authority of Jesus where it should be anyway and allowing him to change our mind right. and watch our entire life change and get the freedom really that we've been looking for for a long time. That, that's so good. And so I want to walk through one of those parts that really challenged me. Uh, you talk about this idea of identifying the strongholds. Uh, it's in the chapter from guilt to deliverance. Walk us through that process and how has that helped you personally lead um, in this season as well? Yeah. So um, a stronghold, when you read scripture, uh, strongholds are used one of two different ways. They're used positive, like, God, you're my stronghold, you're my fortress, right? Or they're used negatively. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when Paul says that we have the power to de- demolish strongholds, there's the power to demolish strongholds. A stronghold very simply is a lie. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on, in the ditch method, uh, so you're, you're at night and your mind is churning because you mean, I got this going on, this going on, this going on. And uh, you, first of all, D have to determine the emotion. So the emotion is, uh, let's say the emotion is uh, I'm worried. 
you know, I'm worried. Okay. So now you have to find right. I that you've determined the emotion. Then I is you have to identify the stronghold. There's a stronghold behind that. So here's what we say. A stronghold is a lie. And to get to the lie, you have to ask why you ask why mm. to get to the lie. So you're laying in bed at night, Michael, and you're, and you're like, I'm just so worried. Why are you worried? I'm worried because I have a, a podcast tomorrow. Why? So you put why back on there. Why are you worried about the podcast? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm worried about that. I'm going inter to interview Scott. Well, why is that a problem? Well, he may say something that's not, not good. No, he's going to say something that's good. But what if you say something? Oh, what if I say something that's bad? You keep asking the why down there. And for a lot of us, um, a lot of us, what we'll find is the why gets down to because if I make a mistake, I'm going to look stupid. Why is that? Why does that bother you? Mm. Because because yeah. my value is based on what other people think of me. So you keep driving Gosh, that down so until you get to the lie. Then once you've identified the lie, but then it's then it's spiritual battle time because you're going to start putting some truth up on that lie. And so what you're doing is you're mm. reframing your thoughts. So when those lies come in, you're like, that's not the truth. That's not the truth. Let mm. me put some truth on that. So we walk through that whole thing. So for me, man, I have so many strongholds that may be family of origin. They just may be like just the, whatever external stuff that's coming in. And I've got to take care of that and put some truth on that. And so this whole method has just really, really helped me uh, to do that. And, and, you know, we released the book. Uh, not long ago, and people who've gone through it are like, man, this has just been such a great framework for me. I hadn't thought about it like this. Uh, and really, when you read it, you're like, well, that's not like, it's not super hard. It's just a matter of, of doing it and taking our mind right. and Jesus, my thoughts belong to you. And so I want to give a good framework of some practical tools to help people to grab a hold of that. Man, that's so good, Scott. And so as a three on the Enneagram, as an achiever, you know, I struggle with personally with uh, just getting down to that why like why am i angst about this why am i pushing too hard in this why am i trying to be something i am not why i why can't i be vulnerable in this moment and you know how lay in bed and and all those thoughts are coming and i start having all this and so i read i, I read the book and I, I really started doing this no joke started doing this uh, uh several nights ago and sure enough as you as you said I really got down to like the bare bones of it. Mm. It had to do with some misconception, some misplaced value that I had. And so when I started to counteract that with scripture, oh man, it it's not perfect, but it has begun to become freeing awesome. in my mind. Awesome. You know, and that's the whole point of the book is is that look, ditch ditch the way the world has wired you to think about it yeah. and come from a perspective that is pure, that is good, that is honest, what Paul says, right? Uh, and it's and especially in this season, no matter if you're leading your marriage or your kids or your coworker in your workplace, this process is proven to do exactly what it said it will help you do. Freedom from anxiety fear and worry and more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad it's been so helpful good. to you, man. Yeah. Well, Scott, Hey, why don't you do this? Give us a couple of things and maybe it's a snippet from the book or just personally that you would encourage us to do as we continue to lead in this season in our homes and in our workplaces. Yeah. So I would say, so this is uh this is in the book and totally stole this from uh, my friend, Craig Rochelle. Okay, Craig's not my friend, but I just like to say my friend Craig Rochelle because it's not so good, right? So this is in the book. And uh, actually, you can pick the book up at my website, scottlongyear.com. But um, here's what, this has been kind of a game changer for me. 
um, Craig did a series um, and I don't, it, it was on mind, something about your mind anyway. Um, but he said, we're going to capture our thoughts and give them to Jesus it says in, in scripture, Jesus says, cast your cares on me. Or, or he has these quotes saying, the idea is cast your cares on Christ because he cares for you, right? It's that whole thing. We cast our cares on Christ. Mm-hmm. So Craig's like, here's what you do. You get a box, put it in your living room, make it, make that the God box. Then you go to bed at night mm. and, and, and at night is when your mind starts chewing up. Like, God, I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this. You take a three by five card, which you've got setting on your nightstand there and you write on there your worries. I'm God, I'm worried about my kids. Then you get up, walk into the other room and you say, God, this is my worry and I'm giving it to you. I'm putting it in the God box. Then you walk back into your bedroom and then you probably got a stack of cards next there to your, to your bed because you're going to write another one. God, now I'm worried about this. I'm worried about finances. I'm worried about no, no, no. Instead of worrying about it, you're going to take it out. And you're going to put it in the God box. You're going to go back, back to your bedroom. And then as you're sitting there and you're like, God, I know that I put that, I put my worry about my kids uh, to you in the God box, but I'm still worried about it. So then you get up out of bed, you go back into the living room, get in the God box and you take that out. And then you say to God, God, I'm taking this back out because I don't think that you can handle it. And so I'm going to take that on myself. And so see what that discipline does. Now you're training your mind to say, I'm casting my cares on you. Like I'm handing it to Jesus, which is H in, in the ditch method. I'm going to continually hand it Mm -hmm. to Jesus. This belongs to you. He says like, I want your cares. I want your worries. Why, why are you letting them rattle around your mind? Jesus is saying, you're my son. You're my daughter. Like bring them to me. I can handle them. Right. And uh, we shared this and somebody sent me a, a uh, picture of a, a giant crater like out somewhere and that somebody had mined out. I mean, you could like bury a whole mm-hmm. city in this. And somebody said, this is my God box. It's just this big. Oh man. And I think the Lord would say, bring it to me. I'm big enough for all, all of your worries. And so man, in this season, we have a plethora of worries, but we have a God that's so much bigger. So let's continue to hand, hand all that concerns us to him because he can handle it. Yeah, that's so good. I love that God box. I'm going to try that tonight. Uh, That is so good, Scott. Okay. Scott Longyear joining the podcast, author of Ditch Your Thinking, Freedom from Anxiety, Fear, Worry, and More. Scott, tell the podcast, where can they get the book? Yeah, you can uh, grab it on my website at scottlongyear.com, scottlongyear.com. And if you mention this podcast, he'll sign it for you. How about that? How about that? We'll make it happen. We'll we'll make it happen whenever we can. All right. All right. All right. Scott, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I love you, brother. Praying for you and Stephanie and the family and Maryland Community Church, helping people take one step closer to Christ in Paradise, Indiana. Appreciate you, man. That's it. Appreciate you, too. Thanks for all you do, Michael. Keep it up. Yes, sir. And thank you guys for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you provide a positive rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts because this will help the show reach more people. And you guys know what I say. This is not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.